Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Org. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Two, Bama Bob momentarily. We will recap the weekend. We'll preview it in just two days. In between, Monday and Wednesday is the debut of my favorite television show, Trent Condon. Ugh. And you're not talking me out of it. It stinks. What are these idiots doing? Seriously, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and they that, all have to go to Dallas. I, I agree with you. Uh, come on. Yeah. College athletics in general, the, the amount of money wasted. Uh, that and to do waste. this, to send... People in their 50s and Mm -hmm. 60s and 70s, Mm -hmm. all to Dallas to all meet together. This is the exact opposite of what everybody is telling us to do. And these morons in charge of college football and the college football playoff are going to do this. Oh, we'll be socially distanced. You're not supposed to meet together. You're not supposed to do this. It will work. Oh, our Zoom meeting, it takes 12 hours. Then set up a second meeting after the first one runs out of time and go to the next one. You are college administrators. And the other part... (laughs) You're not done. I'm not done. No, this thing... It's always annoyed me, and I'm going to another level now. All right. You love the TV show. All right. All the pomp and circumstance. Fine. Mm -hmm. You're an athletic director. You're the athletic director of the University of Iowa, Mm -hmm. Gary Barta. The chair of the commission. He has a lot of work to do. They're trying to figure out how to get past a $60, $70, $80 million windfall, and you're taking off two days a week here every single week for the next five weeks in order to rank football teams you got $80 million you got to figure out. And you're going down there, and you're staying in a nice hotel, and you're eating No, it's a lobster. nice place, surprisingly come on, enough. Come on. Seriously, you have work to do. But in college athletics, you know what? It's fine. Take two days. Mm-hmm. Imagine, every single week, you go to the bosses and say, you know what, for the next five weeks, I'm going to be gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, each of the next five weeks. I think they get there Saturday so they can watch games together. It's idiotic. You have things you need to be doing in your office. Do a Zoom, rank teams, it doesn't matter. And the only one that matters ultimately is the last one. These don't, they say they rip it up every single week. All right, just make one at the no, end of the no, season. No, don't That's make all one. that you need. Go through and play with the TV show at the top 25 and do that. It means nothing. I'm sick of it, and it's stupider than ever this year. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you in a lot of respects. It just don't ruin my show. Because <laughs> I'm watching. It's the only sports we got tomorrow. Battle right. Bob joins Where's the program. Where's my blood pressure, Bredesen? Yeah, no kidding. You're turning red. I can see you from here. Uh, by by the way, Bama, just uh, good to talk to you. More in a sec. John, we haven't even touched on uh, Congratulations to the Ankeny Hawks. Yes. Uh, for for uh, dismantling Southeast Polk uh, in the state championship. We got to do more maybe tomorrow on mm-hmm. that because I don't want to. I want to give it its due. Uh, it was a fun, fun game to watch. Bama, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm better than Trent, apparently. <laughs> yeah. He a little worked up about that. Um, boy, yeah. speaking speaking of worked up, how about Muffer? let's go back to Purdue, Minnesota, the oh, the, the offensive pass oh. interference that wasn't just maybe one of the worst calls. So much ground to cover with you, Bama. Um, 
That that's I just wanted to throw that out. Neither here nor there. Just one more neither here nor there moment. Is Smoke Monday the best name in sports? <laughs> I mean, best name in this, the best name at Auburn. I mean, that was Smoke that was a Monday. Great play it was. he had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what the nickname is uh, or what the what the real name is. But Quindarius, I looked. Yeah, Quindarius. Yeah. I mean, like Big Cat Williams. They've got that guy down there and. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's for a DB who you know is is you know, kind of makes his reputation on hard hits. Smoke is just a great name. Yeah. I mean it really is. Um, but yeah, I mean big play by him really turned the tide of that game. Felt bad for Garantano again. Played hard, took some hits, uh, but that's just the story of his career down there at Tennessee. When it really matters, he can't make the big play. And you know, Ken, you talked about that Purdue call and look, I, I watched, I was invested in that game just because it was a Friday night. What else you get to do? <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and it just, I, I don't know. That call just really bugged me. And, and it's such a lazy narrative. I think when everybody, you know, people or writers or whoever it is start talking about, Oh yeah, well, you know, they left points out on the field and that is true. Okay. I mean, listen, they missed field goals. They, they dropped touchdowns, whatever happened. But my point is, Whatever has happened during the game, we get to this play, and if it's adjudicated properly, uh, Purdue probably, you know, wins the game. Mm-hmm. Certainly, have a lot better chance to win the game. Um, and if you're going to call, and I've heard a lot of, oh, well, you know, he extended his arm. If yeah. you're going to call that penalty, you're going to call that on every, just I don't know, eighty percent of the pass plays, and games are going to take five hours, and it's going to turn into Major League Baseball. That is not a penalty. That was just hand fighting. If you're not strong enough as a DB to fight through it, then you shouldn't be playing defensive back at Division One at, at an FBS level. But well, and to his not. credit too, the DB was asked after the game if it was uh, offensive pass interference. He said, "Well, that's what they called." <laughs> so he yeah, wasn't exactly. he wasn't real strong. I mean, and look, you, you know, kind of the reaction. You know, the players if they turn around and they throw, and, and that's kind of the common thing now. You know, they you know whether it's offense or defense, they start looking around. They make you know the whole you know throw the flag kind of you know, me, you know, gesture or whatever it is, none of that happened. Okay. And, and so he knew, uh, but, and Braum was upset and rightly so. I mean, the good, I don't know. It, did it cost him a chance at, at you know, uh, a conference championship game birth? Probably not mm-hmm. after what happened in, uh, in, you know, in Evanston, but still you gotta, you gotta call that play right. And that, that was just terrible. I mean, and, and between that and, and, uh, Dabo Sweeney's about as fired up as he yes. is for different reasons, by <laughs> the way. And, uh, but yeah, just, I hated that call. Hated it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Trent, um, let, let, before we get into recapping the power fives, mm-hmm. let, let's, uh, let's do G5. I, I don't think BYU and Washington are going to play. I, I get the sense BYU is holding out for an opportunity to face Cincinnati. It is at the fourth. Or the, or the fifth, rather, yeah. or the twelfth? They both have open days? It is the fifth, yeah. The okay. weekend of the fifth. So either a Friday, Saturday game. So a week from this Saturday. Play it on, play it in Cincinnati, play it in Provo, wherever you play it, even a neutral site. Just put get that game in there. And I understand why both teams maybe are, are kind of relenting a little bit, saying our opportunity is to go undefeated. But if you ultimately want to get to the playoff, and you... Yes, you might lose that chance of getting in the New Year Six, taking a loss here, uh-huh. but ultimately isn't that what it is? You I... want to play for a championship. You want to get your shot. You're still going to need help, but the winner of that game, I think, would have such a huge leg up 
BYU, they haven't played anybody. Nope. And Cincinnati, the American, is still decent. It was There's Boise State's first game of the year, was it not, it when was, they beat them? Yeah. Right. And, and they were down to, what, their third? T- third uh, yeah, the quarterback, quarterback. Got, the second string quarterback yes. got hurt in the first series, or so, first quarter. When you're hanging your hat on that, a yeah. San Diego State team that is a little yeah. bit down from some of the teams we've seen in the past, it's just not enough. You play that game, though, you at least start to have an mm-hmm. argument. Get that game out there. How great would that be, oh. December 5th, or even, yeah, we can have a Friday night game for that one. Put that on Friday. Give that game the spotlight all to itself on the 4th. I'd be all in to see Cincinnati BYU. Uh, I, I'm with you, and hopefully we will. Bama, you mentioned Clemson, Florida State. The fact that the game was canceled, um, will they make it up, Bama? And and if they do make it up, where should it be played? Should it, should, it, should we go back? I mean, should Florida State get a home game? Um, that's a great question, and and that I mean, listen, Dabo Sweeney is he's about as I think honest a coach as you're going to find. Um, I don't think he's not really big in the hyperbole. He always gives the other team credit where it's deserved, whether the, his team wins or loses. You heard it after the Notre Dame game. You know, hey, we're not making excuses because Lawrence didn't play, all this kind of stuff. He was lit, man. He he did not like this. They traveled down. They were ready to play. Um, he said they followed all the protocols. Um, that seems to be the case, and you can argue protocols if you want. I tend to agree with him right now. Florida State just didn't want to play that game because they didn't get they did not want to get beat by forty points. Clemson desperately needs that game because mm-hmm. they have a loss and they, they don't need any more. Last time points. they played they, they lost. They right, and they exactly and they need the style points and you know, he's he's talking about well, you know, it cost us three hundred thousand dollars to come down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you if you can't make a trip from from Clemson to, to Tallahassee less than three hundred thousand, then you know you need a new travel agent because it's not but about a four hour bus ride. And you know, look, three hundred thousand bucks to Clemson is is nothing. So it's not about that. I think it was just about him calling out Florida State. To answer your question, I think it should be played. I think it should be played in Tallahassee as originally scheduled. If if you know, and look, if you're Clemson, you just go down there and you. Maybe you travel the, I don't know, if it's a night game, you travel the day of the game, you, you beat them by 60, and then you go home. But uh, just a really odd situation, and this is, there's so many cancellations, you know, in and around college football. It would not surprise me if, if, if Dabo's, uh, you know, accusations are true, that Florida State just did not want to play the game. And I'm, well, he's and, not alone. And, and the, and to be clear, he was talking about the administration. He was not talking about the players or, or, or the coach. I don't think he had any beef with them. I think he was talking about the administration said, hey, we don't want to get beat by 50 uh, at home again by, by a, a named opponent. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. They will play again eventually, either this year or you know next year up in, in Clemson. I assume the game's up back there next year. And I would not want to be Florida State. Uh, when that happens, because they are mad, and I think they have a right to be mad. And ultimately, when we're trying to get down, and Clemson obviously has to beat Notre Dame. They can't get in with two losses. Right. I want to go this right. direction with you. I, I was thinking about if Clemson does lose again, which is still a real possibility against Notre Dame. I, I think we're all of the opinion, well, Clemson will get them, and then we'll be arguing about Notre Dame. But let's say that doesn't happen. Clemson's out with two losses. Who is the fourth team? Bama? Ohio State, Notre Dame, and A&M is the next team in the seat. That's what I would go, but they don't play on they, championship weekend. And they, they don't have – what's their best right. win? I, of course, the Florida win was nice, but after that, beating Vandy by five, 
beating Mississippi State 28-14. There isn't a whole lot to that resume. Even at the end of the year, Auburn, we know how inconsistent that Are team Are BYU and Cincy playing? Well, and that's that's exactly. kind of where the argument gets yeah. to go here. What's the case for A&M if that plays out in that scenario? Well, I think it depends on, you know, what what the result of the SEC championship game, which right now looks to be locked in as Florida versus Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, those two teams have to navigate the remainder of their season. I think they will. But, you know, Florida loses again, even if they beat Alabama. I, you know, you're going to put them in ahead of A&M um, with A&M owning the head-to-head? I, I don't know. Obviously, if, if Florida beats Alabama, then, you know, all all bets are off at that point. Um, you know, Florida's in along with Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, I think, or, or you know, Ohio State. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who number four is right now, I guess is, is the bottom line. There's Watch really the TV else. show tomorrow and find out. <laughs> well, and you know, that's the thing is, and I'm kind of with Trent because he's, and, and I, I watch it because of interest, Yeah. but everything, the thing is, you know, every year they rank these teams and, you know, they'll, they'll have the top four and, you know, I remember the one year was what all SEC teams or three out of four SEC West teams all of whom hadn't played each other yet. Right. So it's like, what's the point of ranking them like this? Because you know they have to play each other. Um, you know, put one of them down. Put it as it would be today if, if you know, and knowing the future schedules. And, you know, these teams can't all be undefeated because they're on each other's schedules. So um, it is going to be interesting tomorrow night because I think, I, I think you're going to see Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State uh, in whatever order you want to put them. Uh, and then you're right, Clemson-Notre Dame, part two. If Clemson wins, then, then we're arguing about Notre Dame. If Notre Dame wins, now we're arguing about Cincinnati, BYU, A&M. Uh, who is it going to be? Uh, the good, you know, I don't discount Iowa State, guys. I know it sounds crazy. If they run the table, mm. and they're, they're ahead right now, but they also have some, they, they got to take care of business in Austin. And I know you guys are all over that game, but if if they somehow went out in the Big Twelve, and I know they have the one loss to Louisiana, but I mean, are you going to really discount them if, if with a win over Oklahoma and Texas, and maybe another one? Um, We're well, going to need a lot of help. Too. They are going to need a lot of help, yeah. but listen, all of a sudden, a Big Twelve champion because they will have beaten Oklahoma maybe yeah. twice. And Texas, Oklahoma right now is scary. They're playing as well as anybody. Well, Stevenson um, running the football is a huge, huge difference because he didn't play absolutely. the first month of the season. Exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. So now all of a sudden you go back and you you validate that win over Oklahoma, uh, you know, in 11. And this is this would be a team that had played a full season. No cancellation, no. none of this other so stuff. So the Pac-12 is not getting at. in in your scenario? No Pac-12 love? Ducks run the I don't table. Think so. Not uh-huh. just not enough. Just six games is it's just not enough. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, and I think we all know. No, everybody's playing without fans, so the road games are not really road games, okay? But when you could play ten or eleven or twelve of them versus six, mm. then I, that to me that's just that's not enough. It's uh, I mean, listen, you can look at Oregon and say, okay, they look pretty good, and you know maybe they line up with this team or that team, or maybe they're better than this, but. Six games, just not enough. That's just my opinion. I don't know how the committee's going to feel about it. Um, they're probably going to, you know, bow to some political pressure and you know rank them fifth, sixth, whatever you want to do. I'll be interested to see where they fall tomorrow. Um, 
just not enough data points, in my opinion. You can't you can't put in a team that goes six and zero over a team that goes eleven and one. I don't think. I just I don't care who they lost to. I don't care who they beat. Um, I, to me, that's that's just not fair because you've played half of a season, and I know you've beaten everybody you played, but. Just not enough data points, in my opinion. Uh, let's uh, take. We only have like <laughs> so. Let Let's do this rapid fire. Trent Bedlam for you. I mentioned Stevenson. Oklahoma is a different football team when they can run the ball defensively. That was eye opening as well. Uh, Oklahoma is clearly, clearly um, playing their best football. They are, and uh, that rematch with Iowa State. Cyclone fans will be happy to be there. Get there. Beat Texas to get there. Still, do you want to see Oklahoma right now? Yeah, Oklahoma would be favored to win the football game. Oh, I don't think, uh, not just favored, favored touchdown, 10, something in that range. They're playing really, really well. Indeed. Bama, did you see much of Bedlam? I did. In Oklahoma, you're right. I mean, Stevenson's a difference. They can run the ball. Rattler was having to do everything. Yes. I mean, he was just having to do everything, and he was making freshman mistakes. But, look, if you're Iowa State, I don't think you're scared of Oklahoma. I know they're a different team. You want to be in that game. That's the bottom line. I don't care if you get beat by thirty. You want it. You want to be in that game. It's a. It would be a huge step for the program. It would be something Matt Campbell could sell, uh, assuming he stays. That's a different conversation. Um, I hope he does. But if you're Iowa State, you want to go down to Austin and win that game. The crazy thing is, and this is where I don't know. I mean, if Texas wins this week, you could. You're probably, you know. Based on betting favorites, looking at a four-way tie, I don't know how that plays out. Yeah, I'm with you. because all of the top four have already played each other, so there, there's nothing like okay, well, this one, these two still have to play, so we, you know, we can eliminate this. All of the top four after this week will have played one another, so you could wind up with with four four and two teams, and I don't know how you break that tie. Uh, I'm with you guys. We got to move. Uh, Big Ten, uh, Bama, your biggest. You can only have one. There was two really good games. And, oh, by the way, Nebraska, so maybe that's your takeaway. But what was your takeaway in the Big Ten? Uh, it had to be Northwestern. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, that defense, especially the way Wisconsin just pummeled Michigan the week before. I, to hold that team to seven points, I think, is incredible. What Fitzgerald's done there this year amongst all the distractions is great. You mentioned the other ones. I mean, Nebraska, it's over. Michigan, celebrating a win over Rutgers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. um, but to me, it's Northwestern. Absolutely. Trent? Nebraska, just uh, absolutely no shot at home against Illinois, getting physically manhandled. Mm-hmm. It is not going to work with Scott Frost, and it's never going to work, I don't think, with any coach at the level that Husker fans want. Uh, yeah, that that was a uh, just an unbelievable embarrassment for uh, that program. Let's move on, fellas. Let's go. Uh, guys, they're power fives. We're, we're contractually committed to bring up the Pac-12, Trent Condon. Your takeaway on the conference that I cannot get my arms around at all. Uh, Oregon got out early and... Hung on? Hung on. Looked better than I thought. And I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong with Oregon. They bet went back to just too inconsistent conversation about that four team. I just don't think he can put Oregon there. Even what we've seen three weeks in, just not good enough. But got the win, most importantly. Uh, Bam, anything on the Pac-12 for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Arizona and Kevin Sumlin. That program has just fallen off a map. Um, that you're watching a guy whose career is going down the drain. Washington looks pretty good. Oregon State's better than I thought. Uh, that's a good team. Um, that's a team trending up. Um, and USC, I mean, look, they're yeah. sitting there. And But, again, Pac-12 team, no shot. 
playoff, in my opinion. Just not enough games. I thought uh, Utah would play them tough. Even though this was their first game of the year, I thought that there might be some uh, some juice. There might be a good football game. Bama certainly wasn't a good football team in your part of the country. Kentucky just got spanked, sixty-three to thirteen. Takeaway from the SEC this week was what? Uh, that it's Alabama and everybody else. Uh-huh. I mean, listen, LSU, Arkansas, that turned that was my sneaky game. It turned out to be really good and, and good for Felipe Franks. I mean, threw for over 300 yards. They had a chance to win that game. Uh, Georgia, that's a team that's teetering right now. They need a quarterback desperately. Um, Daniels was good. I mean, threw for 400 yards, but what? Still a seven-point win over Mississippi State team that all of a sudden can move the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, got held to a safety or whatever it was at Kentucky, and now you're going to put 24 on the road in Athens. But um, it's Florida and Alabama in that conference. That's the, that's the two best teams. Clearly, it's two Heisman favorites, and I think we're going to get that game in the SEC championship. Man. Do you want to talk about the SEC or the Sun Belt, Trent? <laughs> uh, for me, bad beat Tennessee. That was the uh... right side, and and. Honors Carlson hitting a 50-yarder with like a minute and a half. Just put a knee on it. Come on. Tennessee wasn't scoring there. Give me the cover at 11. Didn't happen. Vols and an L for me. <laughs> so that's why he wanted to bring <laughs> That was my takeaway. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Coastal Carolina, they also got you too, right, with that late yes. pick six. Kid just couple of bad down. beats as it would have been a 5-0, and oh, but uh, that's gambling, right? Indeed it is. Isn't Bills it fun? Bills are coming due, Trent. <laughs> Indeed they were. Bama, enjoy the television show tomorrow. Uh, we will talk to you early in the program on uh, – on Wednesday, we'll preview the weekend of games, recap what uh, came down last night or tomorrow night, rather, on TV uh, with the playoff announcement show. The first one of what? How many is it going to be? One, two, three, f- three of them or four of them? There's four weeks left of college football, so I guess four. Four. You know, this yeah, week, Bama, four. normally. Uh, th- normally, this week would be the end of the season, championship week coming up. I guess if there is a silver lining in this 2020, we've still got four weeks of college football left, fellas. Four weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this this is I, I can't get my head around this. This is the Iron Bowl week. It, it doesn't. I, mean, I can only imagine how much how uh, the the lack of buzz for this game, Bama, this year. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy because and for a lot of factors, but you know, and not only that, you you have a scheduled game against Arkansas afterwards. Right. You know. Alabama has to go to Fayetteville next week, and then they'll have the SEC championship game. So it, it's just it's nuts. Um, you know, Auburn probably after watching that display, uh, you know, is probably maybe glad there's not a lot of buzz. But uh, Alabama looks really good. But yeah, it's just it's nuts. And and you know, another casualty, Ken, the Apple Cup. Yes, so unreal. Not play it. I hate it. One of my favorite games. So there was uh, talk that they're going to move it to December the nineteenth. Is that off the table now? I haven't heard for sure. Um, you know, listen, I, I understand wanting to play it. There's no fans in the stands yeah, for Pac-12. You'll right. get a little TV money out of it. But, I mean, I just think we're getting to the point of really what's the point. I mean, I know you want to play yeah. games or rivalry games, but are we really putting too much at risk to try to play it, not only physically but with everything else involved? I mean, we knew this. we were going to get to this point in the season and you know i still think we're lucky if we finish the season um but i, I hope we do seems like you know maybe somebody will be in those in those games i still don't know about ball games to me i think you need to scrap i'm those. with you not sure they will 
Yep, I'm with you. Give us the New Year's Six, and ready or not, here comes college basketball this week. Fingers crossed for that one as well, as there's a pretty damn good team that resides in the state that we do. Uh, Bama, we will talk to you on, uh, it's crazy, we'll preview games on Wednesday. I'm not even sure the Iron Bowl is going to make the list of games to preview. That's how this thing has fallen this year. It's nuts. Bama, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Look forward to it. See you later. Good to talk to you. Bama Bob, talking college football. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bama Bob. As uh, we recap the week, Dave Sprow is standing by. He covers Iowa State. Pretty big game for those clones this weekend. Is there a Big 12 path to the uh, the playoff? I mean, no. obviously a ton of carnage around it, right? Nah, you just that loss in Louisiana, you can't. No, nah, I'm with you. Even at... If they beat Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma... Yeah, so. there's too much I think needs to happen. Would they deserve it more than an A and M team who's staying home on championship weekend? We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I, I don't think there's. A I still don't think they do. Well. You got two losses. Yeah, yeah. The one that's going to bite them is going to be September the 10th. Yeah. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty AM, and now one hundred six point three FM. This is Keys Required. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. One Winnipegger, Neil Young, to another me. A lot of talent in that Oh, Winnipeg. well, yes. certainly. Uh-huh. Monte Hall. Let's make a deal. Oh, really? Yes. Anyways, 25 minutes before the hour of noon, let's get our friend Dave Sprown here. He covers Iowa State for KASI. That's where Iowa State plays the names, 1430 on the AM dial. Hello, Dave Sprout. Trent and Ken, how are you? Awesome. I'm just uh, just regaling in all this uh, Canadian wisdom and, <laughs> and fame that's just Pouring down from the north is great. Dripping down, indeed. Hey, uh, speaking of great, <laughs> boy, Iowa State looked great on Saturday. Bad segue. But uh, you just listened to Matt Campbell's teleconference. Uh, anything come out of it newsworthy, Dave? Uh, once again, no. Uh, of course uh, of course not. He's, he's going to keep it close to the vest. What stood out to me, and he touched on this a little bit, too, uh, today, but mostly uh, after the after the game Saturday, is that you know he just kind of is looking at that as another check mark another step in the right direction not as some kind of uh of culmination or or coronation or anything like that it's certainly the best all-around game iowa state has played this season and, mm-hmm. and maybe going back quite a while before that but as always Campbell says he's looking at the next he's looking at you know continue to improve and fix whatever mistakes were there and you know go on to the next challenge which is texas on friday it's a team that has continued to build throughout this year. The offensive line playing at a great level. The time for Purdy, the running lanes for Brees Hall. This is an offensive line for all kinds of purposes. They were bad in September, and and here they are playing at a high level. Having those two guys helps. Having a quarterback that can run around a Brees Hall who is just ridiculous. But the line play, the importance of that, and how seemingly every single year. I go back to Campbell's first year. That offensive line was as bad as I can remember in major college football the first month, and they were adequate by the end of the season. The way they build seemingly every year up front. Yeah, this, this has been building for a, a few years, and I've referenced before. You know, last last season and even the season before. 
uh, Campbell's raving about the, the quote unquote new recruits who are coming in on the offensive linemen. And we're seeing some of those guys now. I think pretty much all of them, in fact, uh, kind of qualify in that regard that, uh, young guys that he was excited about their talent and abilities. And now they're, you know, they're developing into big 12 uh, caliber players. And, uh, you know, if you want to go to the award watch list and all that, you can maybe make an argument that they're one of the best offensive lines in the country and they're doing it down a couple starters. Uh, so it's it's really a testament to how Campbell has recruited that uh, position, but also the development uh, within there and how much better they've gotten. And and I, it's just a matter of again, I've gone back to it so many times, but the disjointed nature of preseason practices and the fact that you had to work around COVID restrictions and precautions and things like that. I think that really hindered Iowa State uh, going into that that first game and the fact that they they were able to get into a rhythm here. And get into the season, get everybody together, not only on the, on the team as a whole, but in that offensive lineman in particular where chemistry is so important to have five guys kind of moving as one, if you will. Um, I, I think that's just benefited Iowa State so much to just get into that rhythm, be in practice every day, have that same group of guys working together and maximizing their talent. Uh, I have in front of me uh, Mike Rose's offers. <laughs> Air Force, mm-hmm. Ball State, Lafayette, Colgate, and Iowa State. Committed I mean, to Ball State. Right. Uh, and, then, and then Matt Campbell comes uh, to Ames and, and, uh, and, and Rose tags along with him. Uh, Dave, I, look, there's been some – A.J. Klein's made a lot of money. Dennis Gibson had a really long career. Matt Blair was a hell of a player, God rest his soul. What, what this Rose does week after week after week – I'm starting to think that he's breathing that type of air as to where he ranks uh, amongst the linebackers that have come through that program. And he's just a junior who certainly showed glimpses as a freshman and it took it up as a sophomore. But his game has risen to a level right now where I'm just not so sure that there's going to be a fourth year in Ames for this kid. What an unbelievable linebacker Mike Rose has turned out to be. Yeah, it's it's really incredible to see what he's what he's done, and you know he made an impression really from from day one. I mean, he started as a, as a true freshman yep. at, at Iowa State, and you know he, he was solid, and then worked up to pretty darn good and all Big Twelve caliber, and now he's All American caliber and could be the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's got a really good argument mm-hmm. on his side, and you know the player I could think of would be Joseph Osai, the defensive lineman right. for uh, forty six, who's, who's yeah. tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, he's tremendous, but but Rose is just, I mean, he he can do pretty much everything. He's made, and he's leading the Big 12 in interceptions. You don't see that from a linebacker too often. Uh, he's a great tackler. Uh, he'll get you in open space. He'll blitz, take down the quarterback. I mean, the guy does everything for Iowa State that you want a linebacker to do. And, yeah, a lucrative uh, career, I think, in the NFL mm-hmm. awaits the guy. I'm not much for, uh, you know, projecting into the pros how, how well guys will do, but it's hard to imagine with his work ethic and his talent that he – you know, he'd come up short when it comes to time to go to the pros, whenever that is. So we know Brees Hall is a stud, and you got another season of Brees Hall in mm-hmm. front of you before he completes his junior campaign. Jirel Brock came in in the same class, recruiting-wise, was a bigger recruiting star, at least at Rivals, when he looked back at those seasons. He was involved a lot more. He was in a blowout, caught the ball three times, carried it nine times, but... Going forward, do you anticipate Jirel Brock, this is something they're going to continue to use him in some form or fashion, or is still it Nwangu is the number two? Brock is a wait-and-see for next year. Uh, I, I think you'll see more of Jirel Brock. In, you know, in, in some people's eyes, he was maybe a, a disappointment coming out of uh, you know some of the accolades he got in the recruiting trail, but 
you got to remember, you know, one of the things that made that has made Brees Hall so special is the fact that he has developed so quickly and become a dominant, you know, Big Twelve running back as quickly as he has. I think Brock's, you know, um, trajectory has has followed a more common path where you know it just it takes some time to make that adjustment and get yourself up to a level where you can really compete. And, and to be able to do what he's doing midway through his sophomore season is still pretty impressive. And he maybe could be a starting running back somewhere at this point, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be him and Nwangu kind of splitting time as the, the backup running back, if you will. And you're, you're seeing Jairo Brock more on the kick return team, too, which mm-hmm. shows the trust that the coaching staff is putting in with him now. So it's just taking him a little bit longer to develop than, than Hall. Hall's been a special case, and Brock, is, he's just been chugging along. He's been sticking with it, and now he's getting more opportunities. And uh, I expect he'll be, uh, he'll be playing a bigger role, even as this season goes on and in going into next year as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think that Campbell's maybe a little bit beholden to Noango. Not that he doesn't deserve it. He does. He's a terrific player. He's incredibly fast, uh, but he's been a good uh, foot soldier for the program as well, and this is what year five for him as he's battled some injuries, and and, and Campbell uh, likes to use him kind of as an example of stick to stick with the program. But it's good to see Jirel Brock is, is getting his opportunities because I think he deserves them. Uh, Skates might be getting his opportunities as well. Sean, play, Sean Shaw played a lot uh, this weekend. Look, Hutchinson's going to be, he's the guy, and we know about the tight ends, but we're still looking for that second wide receiver. I don't think Landon Akers caught a pass in the football game uh, this week, and he's had his moments. They're still trying to identify him. Skates had a nice touchdown. Shaw played a lot. Uh, They're seemingly still trying to find that number two guy behind uh, Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, how about that catch by Skates, that uh, touchdown? He used that arm bar nicely. That would probably would have been flagged for offensive pass interference in the Big Ten, but you can get away with that <laughs> Big 12. Um, he, he made a really nice play on that one, and Shaw, as you mentioned, made some nice plays. Xavier Hutchinson was spectacular at times uh, as well. But I, I think that's just a matter of, you know, Brock Purdy again, spreading the ball around and, and trusting his receivers. And uh, maybe, you know, Shaw and Skates are earning a little more trust with the work they've put in in practice and being able to step up a little bit more. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that's maybe going to fluctuate week to week because I think Charlie Kohler only had a couple of catches and they were yep. both meaningful, including a touchdown. But um, it was a, it was just that kind of week where the receivers were having the advantage more so than the tight ends. Although Dylan Sainer had a nice game, too. Um, so, you know, as long as Brock Purdy continues to, to spread that ball around uh, and, and he was, you know, so on point there on Saturday that it, no matter what, if you're a tight end, if you're one of the three tight ends, any one of them, if you're any of the receivers, you got to be ready for a pass to come your way. And those guys were ready on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think Allen got a ball. I don't think, did he? Kohler caught a couple of same. I, I, don't, believe so. I don't think he did. Anyway, sorry, Trent. Uh, no problem. You know, uh, one thing in a game that was seemingly perfect, you exercise the demons, you throttle your rival, and it just felt good up and down the football game. There is still one little nitpick, and it's the kicking game mm-hmm. and a Sally. How con- Let's say... Let's say this. Iowa State's driving late. They have an opportunity at a 45-yard field goal on fourth and four. There's two minutes left. It's a three-point game. Do you think Campbell Troutson out there? Or is it, let's keep our offense on the field. We just can't go that route. Remember, he did it last year against these Longhorns. Feels like a different guy right now with the Sally. Yeah, it's, it's open down with, with Connor Sally. It's hard to really mm-hmm. say. I think anything outside of 40 is really questionable right now. Um, 
And if it's fourth and four, now my general philosophy is this is why I'm a highly paid football coach. <laughs> for if you're in plus territory, you don't like kicking. You should be going for it. Yeah. yeah, you should be going for it every time. But especially if you're if you're more than forty yards out for a field goal attempt, I, I say go for it. Now, if you're in fourth and six, now you really got a dilemma mm-hmm. on your hands, and you're not sure. I mean, it, it's going to depend on the day how Sally is feeling. You know, in warmups and communication with the coaches and, you know, what kind of range he feels he has. And, of course, he got to take in the wind into account, you know, weather factors as well. I think that that field goal he missed, that was just – that was like me trying to hit a, a flop shot in golf. I mean, you, mm-hmm. he just hit this foot so far behind it, it just had nothing on it. And I think that's more of a fluky situation than anything. Although, you know, it, given uh, Sally's history, it it doesn't give you much comfort to know that. So – yeah, it, it's really going to be a tricky decision for, for Campbell and his crew to decide, you know, in a situation like that, are you going to put enough faith in your kicker to, kicker to come up with, with the big-time uh, boot when you need it the most? And, you know, for me, I'm, I like to play it aggressive. I love it when coaches go for it, and, and, and I think Campbell should probably do that more. Uh, but uh, it, it's a guy, he's a guy who likes to put his faith in his players and show, him, show them, you know, that uh, he believes in them. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way, no matter what decision he makes there. It, it, uh, it'll go by kind of how he feels in the moment. Well, I know what your answer is going to be because I follow you on Twitter, at Real Dave Sproul, and I know that you are no friend of the kicking game. Go. Go for it. Um, anyways, exactly. Dave, we will talk to you on Wednesday. We'll preview Texas-Iowa State on Wednesday. Today was for looking back. Thank you for doing that with us, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you, Dave Sproul. You betcha. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KSI, uh, in Ames, 1430 on the AM dial. Well, it's that time again. I think we've got five more appearances for Mr. Monday Night, the next of which is coming up after this time. A pretty good Monday nighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, this isn't Jets and, well, we had Jets, Broncos. What else do they feed us? Uh, but, but Rams, Buccaneers. Uh, pretty good up on the scale of uh, relevancy in both of these two NFC foes. Uh, certainly we're going to be here from the playoffs. Mr. Monday Night gave one away last week as he uh, took the godforsaken Chicago Bears and just an idiotic call why Mr. Monday Night would do anything that stupid. Well, I think he's a, Bear, I think he's a Bears fan. He is, he yeah. is. Five and five, though, giving you five winning weeks and five losing weeks, so you're losing a little bit on the juice. We'll get above that, Mark. You've got five weeks left. You're five and five with five to go. Mr. Monday Night next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 FM. There's no place like home for the holidays, unless that place is the brand new Surety Hotel in Des Moines. Win a holiday staycation right now at KXNO.com. A one-night getaway at Des Moines' hottest new hotel. So, invite the whole family over. Then, go get some peace and quiet for yourself. The holiday staycation from Surety Hotel and Des Moines Sports Station. Oh, sadly, the sand is quickly running out of the Monday night football glass, including this one. There are five remaining. Mr. Monday night trying to get back. Well, on the plus side, he's 500. We've got the Rams. We've got Tampa. The number has settled at what? And what is Mr. Monday night going to do? We're looking at a consensus four across the board. Tampa at home favored by four against the Rams. You know, Mr. Monday night loves his dogs in prime time. 
Not tonight. Mm. Lay it with Tampa. Bruce Arians this week has adjusted practice time. You know, Tom likes to go to bed early. Sleep is very important for the old man. Yes. Tries to get 12 hours of sleep at night. Don't blame him for going to bed early. And maybe people people believe that this is one of the reasons that he has struggled in prime time this year. Ah. So the thought is, we've moved practice back. Tampa rolls. Minus the full run. All right. Speaking of, um, if you want to lay it or want to play it, you got to lay it. Uh, maybe a wrong team is favored. Lee Sterling's going to join us tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow at ten fifty, we'll get Leon. Good. I wonder if the uh, any of the three Thanksgiving games will be part of the slate that he'll opine about. Usually, get that afternoon uh, email from him the day before, yep. so we'll keep an eye. What's on the that? second best game of the day on Thursday? <laughs> Washington Dallas, just because of every all the implications, well, they're within half place of first. I mean, a half game of first place. Pitt, or Philly rather leads because they have a tie. Right. They've all got three wins. Every team in the division has three wins. Three six and one leads it, and three seven three seven three seven for the other three. I think it might be the Giants that come out of this. I mean, somebody's going to. Somebody has to, Indeed. and that's more than likely where Tampa will be going to open up the playoffs. Think about that. Crazy. Anyways, that is going to do us for uh, do it for us here today. Lots of programming still to come. Of course, Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4. It's Monday night now. I'm not sure with the short week if Matt Campbell will be part of the coaches' oh. show or not. I guess tune in at 6.30 with John Walters and company and find out. Uh, Morning Rush will be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. We're Miller and Condon. We take over the 10 to noon slot every Monday through Friday. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Sports Fanatics. Weekdays at 4 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.